begin to conclude this series today redigging the well I want to go to Isaiah chapter 12 and read the first three verses there on this morning Isaiah chapter 12 and verse number 1 and in that day you will say O Lord I will praise you though you were angry with me your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For though the Lord is my strength and song, and he has also become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, somebody say joy. joy. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation therefore with joy you will draw water from not the well but the wells plural of salvation hallelujah it was a hymn of praise that they sang John chapter 4 and verse 14, Jesus said, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The word fountain here and throughout the scripture is synonymous with the word well. Wherever the fountain is, they, sometimes they use the word fountain, other times they use the word well. But it shall be a fountain springing up into everlasting life. Then John 7 and verse 37, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly or his heart will flow rivers. Huh? Rivers, plural, of living water. Hallelujah. From out of the abundance of the heart. Huh? The mouth speaks. Out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. How many want to get beyond the well into the river? Amen. I believe today that God intends for us to have more than just a well, but wells of living water that will bring us to a river, rivers of living water. All this month, we've been talking about redigging the wells of our fathers. And today, I want to continue to look at that because I believe that God wants for us in this season is for us to redig the wells of our fathers. Here, Isaiah is talking about drawing water from the wells of salvation. 
And Jesus came to the well to talk to a woman in John 4 uh, about living water. Others were avoiding her. She had a tainted past. The holier-and-thou crowd didn't want her around. Huh? And Jesus started talking to her and blew her away because she said, I can't believe you being a Jew would even talk to me. Right? And then he starts talking to her about water. You keep drinking from this same well and you keep on coming back thirsty. You keep on going to this same well and you, you get thirsty and you have to come back again, right? And I believe today that people are still drinking from the same wells that leave them empty. We go to wells to try to fill the void, to fill the absence in our own lives. Even as Christians sometimes, we go to other wells. And we find that, that those wells cannot fulfill what is hungry inside of us. Because you see, if, if you drink from this well, you will never thirst again. Her thirst was not from a lack of water. Her thirst was to feel love. Amen. Because the Bible said that she had already had five husbands. Now, however that happened, I don't know. You know, it's good preaching sometimes to talk about how horrible she was, but I don't know that she was so horrible. All I know is, is that she was looking for love in all the wrong wells. She was going to these wells looking to fulfill this love, this void, this absence in her life. But the Bible said that Jesus looked and found truth in her and said, yes, you, you don't have a husband. You've had five of them and the one that you're with now, you're not even married to. You're just living with. And she left the well that day, but the well did not leave her. Amen. She left the place where she met the well, but the well left with her. And the Bible said that it began to be a flowing well of joy inside of her to the place that she went out from where she was and said, come see a man who has told me all things about my, how long has it been since you got so joyful about your salvation that you went to somebody else and said, come see a man. I know you've been drilling, going to this well. I know you've been looking at this well. I know you've been going over here, but, but come see a man that gave me living water that filled the void, the absence in my life. And I began to go in joy instead of sorrow. I began to go in peace instead of turmoil. I'm not looking for all these other wells. I found the well of living water. Amen. You see, so many times we, 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 we go through the process of the well, going to the well. But how many know that, that sometimes it started out drawing water with joy, but then the joy turned into a job. Amen. And look at me funny, but you know it's true. 
Whenever we first got saved, we was excited to draw water out of that well. Every day we went to that well and got us a drink. We got us a drink in the morning. We got us a drink in the afternoon. We got us a drink in the evening. We got us a drink all day long from that well. But suddenly somewhere along the journey, the, the, the joy turned into a job. It used to be a joy coming to church, but now it's work. Mm, preaching better than your amen in today. It used to be a joy to get in the presence of the Father and pray, but now it's a laborsome. Oh, I got to go pray again. No, no, you get to pray. It's a joy to be in the presence of God. Oh, I've got to read his work. No, it becomes whenever you've got to do it and it becomes laborsome to you, it's just the letter of the law and not the spirit and does you no help and no good. But she came and she said, I'm going to, Jesus said, you shall draw with joy from the wells of salvation. It ought to be a joy. Like David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It isn't laborsome. It isn't hard. It, it, It didn't cost me anything. It was a joy to come into the house of the Lord today. Amen. Nobody shot at me. Nobody tried to stop me. I wasn't inconvenienced by anything, huh? I came up into a warm house with lights and sound and music and great, uh, great artistic worship and a powerful presence of God. I, I didn't suffer coming here today. It was a joy to come up into the house of the Lord. Amen. It, it, it ought to be a joy for us to spend time in the presence of Father God. It ought to be joy to get into his word and eat from his word and learn his goodness and his grace and take his it's like honey amen but drawing water from a well is really work amen for there to be so much presence of God here today y'all are awful quiet do you believe this word say amen okay open your mouth now respond to the word of God Amen. I'm not joking. Respond to the word of God. Your amen is what it it seals it in your heart. You can't be silent. You got to speak the word. You got to proclaim the word. Receive the word. Amen. Now, I'm not just getting on you. I'm pastoring you today. All right. That's how we receive the word. It's yes and amen. Glory to God. And so we, we draw water. And when you draw water, it's work. Have you ever done something that was work, but you enjoyed it so much, it seemed like it was a pleasure? Yes, it's work, but I enjoy it so much that it doesn't seem like work. I'm just, I'm just enjoying this. What, what, do you, what do you mean? Well, we go and we help our brother or our sister, and it may be digging a ditch. It may be putting a roof on a house. 
It might be doing plumbing work or it might be whatever it is. But you, because of your relationship, you get joy out of serving. And so as a result, it isn't like work. It's joy to you. You leave that place of feeling uplifted and encouraged because you've been a blessing to somebody else. Come on, somebody. Amen. And you see, when we've done that, then we're drawing water from this well of salvation. We're supposed to be enjoying it. Hallelujah. Now, through history, there have been many moves and revelation of God that have been unearthed. Wells, if you will, that have been dug by the fathers of the faith. And through history, we have seen these moves of God, these these revelations of God be unearthed. But this is the reason that I feel so strongly about multi-generational church. Because when one generation finds or digs or unearths a truth about God, it should be handed to the next generation freely with joy. Amen? That where we end up should be their platform. That everything we learned about God should be my son and my daughter's platform to go into their generation and have a voice. Amen. But with inheritance, blessing comes responsibility to guard and protect the revelation that God has handed to us freely. Amen. Inheritance is a wonderful thing. Amen. It is a wonderful thing. Inheritance can propel you into ahead of your generation by years without you laboring for it. It can set you into a place or a position to accelerate you in your generation, not because of the work of your hands, huh? but because somebody else worked and labored hard, now you're able to get ahead in your generation. But listen to me, the downside of inheritance is this, that when nothing is invested, sometimes we don't appreciate and value what other generations have worked hard for. And so whenever you don't have an investment in a thing, huh? How many, you know, I'm about to tell my age, uh, uh, but whenever I was going to school, mom would complain if I wanted $15 tennis shoes. Today, we buying $100 tennis shoes. Come on. And you can buy a $100 pair of tennis shoes, put them on your kid, and they'll go out and run slap through the mud, first thing. But you let them tell them, well, I'm going to give you 50 bucks, but you got to come up with $50, and they'll be tiptoeing through the places. And they'll take, a, they'll take a toothbrush and clean it all up when they come inside because they have something invested. And my concern is this, that we've been blessed with inheritance, but we haven't enjoyed or appreciate what has been handed to us freely. But I want to tell you that it is both physically and spiritually that the old saints were laughed at they were mocked at they were criticized amen when they dug the wells of the holy spirit amen whenever they 
ran, they were ran out of the city. The churches were put down. They was in secluded buildings. They had to go over on the other side of the tracks and they had to go there and pray their way through a thing, huh? They didn't have all the heat. They didn't have all the air. They didn't have all the sound and the lights. They had to operate with an upright piano that was out of key, but somewhere along the way, they dug a well down until they found Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit came as an artesian well into their life and empowered them and strengthened them for the task that was before them. Some other with this generation doesn't know anything about being humiliated and mocked and pushed on the other side. Thank God for facilities like this. Thank God that we can come uptown instead of on the back side of the tracks. But we've got to realize somebody paid a price for this baby. Somebody has paid it so that we can have the joy and celebrate the goodness of God. Never take it for granted but say hey my grandfather paid the price. My father paid the price. I'm not about to let this well be stopped up. This living water is going to flow with liberty. If you believe it give him some praise today. Some of the things that this generation before us gave their lives for, we not only have taken for granted, but we have forsaken. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, wells of living water, and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. I know the context of this verse, but also believe that I can speak today without doing it injustice and say that this scripture is just as relevant to us today as it was to Israel. We have forsaken God, the fountain of living water. We have, even in the church, we have forsaken God. Is it all right if I pastor this morning? We've forsaken God. You don't even have to be called to preach to preach today. All you have to be is a good spokesperson, a good people person. Amen. You don't have to be anointed to lead worship. You don't have to be anointed to sing. All you got to do is be gifted and talented. Why? Because most people in the church today, and I, and I love you, hear my heart when I say this. Most people in the church today don't know the difference between the anointing and charisma. And whenever you get to a place where that you can do church without the Lord of the church, we in a mess. I said we in a mess. And we've got to understand today that we have hewn ourselves out cisterns, but they're not holding any water. We have forsaken the fountain of living water, and we have hewn ourselves out some cisterns that hold no water. We like a fine oil machine, so goes the church in this nation, and we don't know the difference between uh, the presence of God and good charm. 
But I'm telling you today that God is going to bring healing to his church. He is going to bring restoration to his church. The judgment must begin in the house of God, but judgment doesn't come to destroy us. It comes to heal us. And whenever we are healed, we'll leave the cistern and go back to the well of living water. And once we tap into that well of living water, it begins to flow. And once you begin to drink of this well, my blessed God, when you begin to drink of this well, you'll not be looking for a cistern because the well brings cool water. The well brings joy. The well brings peace. The well is full of power and promise. And when we drink from this well, nothing else will fulfill us anymore. I'm convinced today, and I'm not, I'm not preaching down to nobody. I'm not mad at nobody but the devil. But I want to tell you that, that, that I believe today what is called the church, that we run like such a fine oil machine that God himself can come into the, into the place and people not even recognize that he's there. Because we don't know how to be, I say we, we've lost our sensitivity. And we don't know how to be sensitive to the presence of God. The fountain and the cistern are pictures of religion and a relationship. Huh? Cistern is religion. It's a picture of religion because you've got to always work to keep it full. But it also cannot hold anything. It has to rely on another source to keep it full. But even as you fill it, it cannot contain what you filled it with. That's what religion does to us. We keep on working. Oh, if I just get better, if I do more, come on. If I do this, if I do that, and work, 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 and trying to keep the cistern full. But God said, I never gave you a cistern. I gave you a well. Amen. And it's Jesus Christ. What is the well? It's the relationship. Because that relationship, that well never runs dry. From that well, it depends on nothing else. In that well, there is something for you that is joy, it's peace, it's victory, it's hope. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. That well is living water that is coming forth to your life. Amen. Not only were the cisterns, but they were broken and could hold no water. They couldn't even hold what has been poured into them. Listen, cisterns is an example of many people in the church because The only time they get anything poured in is when they come to church. And when they leave, they can't hold what's been poured into them. Amen. And what am I saying? I'm not here beating people down. I'm just telling you the reality of it. That that we see time after time pouring in, pouring in, pouring in, but lives never being changed. There comes a time when what is being poured in must be applied to. 
applied to our lives, applied to our actions, applied to our deeds so that men will see our good works and glorify the Father in heaven, huh? And so we've got to see this and we've got to realize that it's not just about us coming to church. Thank God, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some are, huh? That's the word. Even he said, even as you see the days approaching even more, get into the house of God. But listen to me. It's more than just going through the works. Many never read the word. Many never pray. Many never go through the, go through all of the week and they never experience God for themselves. Listen, this isn't about coming to church only on Sunday. Here we come to worship God together. Here we come to get to the artesian of the river of God. But through the week, we need to be drawing water out of those wells of salvation. Those wells that say, hey, it isn't just about going through the motions on Sunday. This is a way of life, and it's a joyful life. I said it's a joyful life. I know you say, well, pastor, I thought you was coming to encourage us. Well, hold on now. I know it sounds bad, but there's good news. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, that which was or that which has been is what will be. And that which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. The NIV reads it like this. What has been will be again. And what has been done will be done again. Because there's nothing new under the sun. Have you ever noticed how fads go? If you have some clothes that have gone out of fashion, don't throw them away. Put them in the back of the closet. Because it's about to come around again. Huh? Ain't it true? Have you ever noticed how the car fashions come and go? They come back again. People thought it was fashionable and then they got a new fad and now they're trying to redo the cars like they were in the 60s and the 70s and now that's cool again. But Ecclesiastes was the first one to get on to it. And he said, what has been shall be again. And what has been done shall be done again. Right? It all comes full circle. Amen? I said it all comes full circle. The, the, uh, you've heard me say it before, but in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. was not a, a, a release because uh, God finished the genesis or the beginning. It was released because he had finished it all. We read in the beginning God because he said amen in Revelation. In other words, God wasn't up there playing a chess game through this thing. He fulfilled it all in his mind, in his heart. Amen. And as it being fulfilled from the beginning to the amen, it was released that Adam was sent into the earth. Amen. It all came full circle. 
And so God, when we look at God today, God is not up there drinking milk of magnesia. He's not having a Malox moment. Come on. He knows how this thing is going. Come on, somebody. He knows what is taking place in the earth. And he knows exactly what is going on. And when he said, how did God create? He created through his word. He spoke word into nothingness and created with his creative power. And the word that was spoken set into motion everything that is and nothing can stop what God set into motion. Amen. God has set up his kingdom in the earth and there is nothing that can stop his kingdom. Amen. What has been will be again. And what has been done will be done again. Listen to me. I submit to you today that everything that we have ever seen in the kingdom of God, every revelation, every well that has been dug, every word of understanding or revelation that has been undug, unearthed, redug in the body of Christ in this last day will be set into motion again. Everything the kingdom of God has ever seen will be seen again. Every revelation, every movement, every, amen, all collectively and at the same time will begin to flow in this last day church. Amen, his body. Why do you say in that? Because I'm telling you today that what God has done, he's still doing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. Huh? If he, let me say it this way. If he's ever saved one person, he's still saving today. If he ever delivered one person, he's still delivering people today. If he set the captive free before, he's setting the captive free now. If he's healing the sick then, he's healing the sick now. Amen. And because we have got it line upon line and precept upon precept, we didn't get it all together. But thank God our forefathers were faithful to dig wells. They dug down into the word of God and they found the truth and they got a hold of that truth and they begin to teach on it. They begin to preach on it. They begin to proclaim it and they begin to manifest in the body of Christ. And I'm telling you today that in this last day church, we're going to redig the wells of our forefathers and we're going to see the blessing of God. Not just a well, but the wells that are going to flow with joy in the church again. Watch this. In John 4, Jesus talks to this woman about wells. And he says to her, the water that I give you, it shall become to him. It shall, it will become to him. Not is, but will become. Did you catch that? Do we have that again? John 4, can you show that for me real quick? Because somebody don't believe me. In those days, those who drink of this water I give will never thirst again, and it becomes fresh. 
becomes. That's the new King James. But the King James said will become. It isn't now, but it will become. How does it become? Because the more we walk with God, huh? the more understanding we get of him, it becomes wells of spring, living water, bubbling up inside of us. And so God wants us to understand today that as the more revelation, because you see, the revelation of healing is real. But if you don't have the revelation of healing, amen, let me try this. The well of prosperity is real. But if you don't know that he wants you blessed, you can stay accursed all of your life and still love God. It's quiet up in here. But he said, as the scripture said, that he said that you shall draw water from the wells of salvation and it shall become in him a well of spring water up into everlasting life. Now it's a well in John chapter 4. But in John chapter 7, he doesn't talk about the well, he talks about the rivers. Now, what happened between John chapter 4 and John chapter 7? Why, why in John 4 did Jesus call it wells of living water? But in John, whenever he said, stood up that great day of the feast and said, whoever thirsts, let him come. And out of his belly, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers, plural, of living water. Amen. Why? Because whenever you're walking with God and you understand the truth, the revelation, the well of salvation, you understand the well, amen, of of the Holy Spirit. You be understand the well. How many know that whenever there is a well, the well cannot be contained? We had a we had an artesian well on a farm, and that well I remember going back there in the in the corner of the farm, and and there was water continually that was coming out of the ground. We didn't drill the well, nobody dug the well. It was just water coming out, and it, it so much water had come out through the years that it, it it literally taken the dirt, and there was a hole down in there. But there was water coming out that was feeding the pond. It was feeding the river glory to God and I want to tell you that whenever we tap into the revelation of God we tap into the wells of living water and it cannot be contained on the inside of us but it becomes living rivers flowing out of us glory to God and whenever those living waters come alive inside of us we don't just sit there and say oh me oh my no that thing is alive it is vibrant it is powerful it is joyful And we go from this place knowing that it's been good being in the presence of God, but we take the river with us. Hallelujah. Jesus talked about to the woman about how the kingdom of salvation comes into you and you drink from the wells. But in John chapter 7, Jesus is telling them the fullness of salvation. So how does that relate to us? All of these wells that have been dug 
Whether you want to call them wells, you want to call them movements, you want to call them revelation, will be redug and flowing in this last day church. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. Amen. I'm talking about digging, redigging the wells of salvation. Huh? I'm talking about what are the wells of salvation? Well, I'm glad you asked. I believe that one of them is the well of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Huh? But we've learned that if we have faith, amen, as a grain of mustard seed, we can say to a mountain, be cast into the sea. Can't get no help today. But faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And what has happened in the body of Christ is because we can't see it, we don't say it. And you can't have a thing if you don't say anything. I'm preaching better than you letting on. Amen. If you don't open your mouth and say a thing, then it will never come to pass. But somebody's got to stand up in the absence of everything and declare something about the word of the Lord. Amen. Stand up in the absence of healing and say, he is my healer. Stand up in the absence, amen, of prosperity and say that my he is my father. He's a good father and he will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We've got to redig the well called faith. Amen. Let me ask you, what happened to the well of the Holy Spirit? Huh? I'll tell you what happened to it. Some smart people got in the church, and I'm not against smart folk, huh? I like smart folk. But we got smarter than God. And so now, we, it, 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 people, people, it, people get scared of the Holy Spirit. So you need to do that over in a corner somewhere. Because somebody might get scared. And we bought into that. And it clogged up the well because we grieved the Holy Spirit. But I want to tell you today, Holy Spirit don't come to embarrass anybody. In fact, Holy Spirit won't come where he's not welcome. He's like a dove. But whenever people open their hearts and say, God, I want all that you have for me. I'm not satisfied. Thank you for where I'm at. But I want more of your presence. I want more of your Holy Spirit. I want you to live big in my life. I want to tell you, we drill down because of the hunger in our life. We drill down and we tap into the gift. The greatest gift that God ever gave the world was salvation. But the greatest gift he ever gave the church was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it will empower you. It will strengthen you. It will give you joy in the midst of your sorrow. It'll give you direction when you don't know which way to go. Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you and give you joy. I'm thankful for the well of the Holy Spirit. The well of healing. We used to pray for folk to, to receive the Holy Spirit. 
used to pray for folk to be healed. Huh? A.A. Yes. Hey, Allen, Catherine Kuhlman. Huh? T.L. Lowry, those in the church of God were laughed at and mocked whenever ordinary humans would lay hands upon sick people and believe that they would be healed. But guess what? It didn't stop people from being healed. Amen. I'm thankful for healing. I said, I'm thankful for healing. Amen. Whenever doctors couldn't do anything, God stepped in. I've probably told you the story before when Jordan was born and, and that's our first kid, you know, and, and you can't Google how to take care of kids. Google don't know. But whenever he was first born, well, he's about three weeks old and, and he starts turning blue. We carry him to the hospital. He's all limp. He isn't doing nothing. And, and, and the doctor says we can't find anything wrong with him. And I asked the doctor, does all your patients turn blue? He said, no. I said, well, if he can't help, then we'll sign him out. And Renee and I took him home and we'd walk the floor and pray in the spirit. And I don't know what was wrong with him. All I know is he was healed. Amen. Destiny was having ear infections ever since she was uh, just little. She never complained. She never, don't, you know, we felt like idiots because whenever you take her to the doctor, they said, well, how come you haven't had her here sooner? Her ears or you know, all this mess. And she never complained, nothing like that. All we knew, she'd get a little cranky. And, and that's, that's how we knew something was going on. And, and so they were talking about putting uh, tubes in her ears, uh, doing whatever they, that stuff's supposed to be. And, uh, and I'm not against any of that. Thank God for their inventions or whatever they do. But Renee and I said, well, it, it's the first of the year and we're about to go into a fast. And if something don't happen after this fast, then we'll bring her back. End of the fast, she has an ear infection. But on a Sunday night, we prayed for her. And God instantly healed her. And I don't know of her ever having another ear infection. I'm talking about the well of healing. Amen. I'm talking about the well of healing. How many know there, 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 there is a well of deliverance? Amen. There's a well of deliverance that you don't have to stay bound. You don't have to stay tormented. You don't have to just go to church and leave church and still be bound, addicted, and tormented with all of your life. But Jesus has come to set you free. 
Amen. And that well of deliverance is going to be released. Praise God. Whenever the early church began to pray for those who were bound and they were delivered, people mocked them. They said that there's people over there barking like dogs. There's people over there that are casting out some kind of demons and devils. Amen. But what they could not figure out is that that their neighbor, their co-worker was mean as a striped-eyed snake when they left on Friday. But when they came back on Monday morning, something had changed in their life. Glory to God. I want to tell you today whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Praise God. And we need to know today that there is still a well of deliverance. Praise God. There's a well of provision that whenever you don't know how it's going to happen, that some way and somehow God will provide for you supernaturally. It's not because you worked hard. Yes, we need to work and we need to labor. But some of the the poorest people I know work the hardest in their life. But there is a well of provision for you that whenever we put God first in our life, huh? When we put him first in our tithe and in our offerings and we give to him first fruits, then suddenly something happens and the provision begins to flow into our life and he supplies the needs according, not to my bank account, but his riches in glory. So I've got good news for you. If you've missed the faith movement, it shall be again. Amen. If you wasn't alive during the healing movement, it shall be again. If you never seen the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're coming again. Hallelujah. Amen. If you haven't seen these things before, God is about to, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you what Haggai said. He said, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former house. Amen. He said, in this place, I'm going to show myself as God. I'm here today to tell you in the midst of darkness, in the midst of a nation that doesn't know right from wrong in the midst of a nation who does not know their God that God is about to visit his house again and the wells are going to be redug and there's going to be a living well that's going to cause a river to come forth it's going to come out of the doorpost it's going to come from the altar of God hallelujah and from that altar it's going to fill the house it's going to go from the house and it's going to go into the street and there's going to be a river amen that's to the ankles to the knees, to the loins. It's going to be a river that no man can cross over. The world is going to see the power of a living Christ. Hallelujah. It's not just going to be in the church, but it's going to be in our nation. It's going to be in the city. It's going to be in the streets. It's going to be wherever we are. Oh, come on and give him some kind of praise today. There's a river that's going to be flowing and whatever it touches is going to be healed. Huh? There's a river that's whatever it touches is going to deliver. Amen. Wherever it flows, it's going to bring hope. A river of the gifts of the spirit of flow with freedom and with liberty. Not with some weird manifestation of mankind and manufacturers of the flesh, but a true and a living God that is going to reveal his glory to his people. (laughs) hallelujah
you think that you've missed the best part. I've got good news for you. The end of a thing. The end of a thing is always better than the beginning of a thing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Some people say, I wish I was born in Pentecost. That's a common, that'll help me stop. I wish I could have been there on Pentecost. No disrespect to Pentecost. You hear me? But Pentecost was the beginning of a well that had been drilled. I've got it written in my Bible that my generation shall supersede everything that was seen on this day. How can I say that? You're being sacrilegious. No, sir. No, ma'am. I'm not. But I believe, Brother Gary, that the end of a thing is better than the beginning of a thing. I believe that this latter house shall be greater than the former house. Hallelujah. Guess what? I get to be a part of it. You get to be a part of it. Amen. The book of Revelation, we see a horrible but yet a blessed picture. It gives us a picture of Jesus knocking on the door. Not of the sinner, not of the bar, not of the crack house, but of the church. How's Jesus going to get back in the church? How's the Lord of glory going to get back in the church? How are these wells going to flow out of the church again? I submit to you that you're going to get back one person at a time. For when we that have him, the hope of glory, the well of living water, rivers flowing out of us, go into his house, we're bringing him back in. Amen. And he will be revealed in power. He will be revealed in glory. He will be revealed in splendor. And I'm thankful today for the price that has been paid, for the wells that have been dug. But I'm not going to be satisfied reading about it. I want to taste from those wells. I want those wells flowing through my life. I want the river flowing with freedom in me so that it touches others and their life is transformed by the power of a living Christ. Is that you today? Come on, stand with me today. Stand with me today. here today or say yes to this word say yes to this word say pastor I'm thankful for the 
well of salvation. I'm thankful for those wells. Maybe you're here today and you've never tapped into those wells, but you want to. There's a hunger in you. Deep down inside, you say, I'm not satisfied with just wells, but I want there to be a, not because, listen to me, I just hear this today. The well, the woman, when she went, the well represented what went into her. Huh? But whenever Jesus talked to them at the supper, he was talking about what come out of them. How many know what comes in has got to come out? Amen. When it came in as a well, but it left as a river. And I'm telling you today that God wants us to be a river. He wants us to be baptized in joy. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to enjoy the fullness of the salvation. Amen. And if you'd say today, yes, I want that river. I want those wells to be springing up on the inside of me. Then without reservation, without hesitation, I want you to get up out of that pew today and I want you to come and stand here at this altar and say, God, I want a river. I want the wells to spring up within my soul, in my life. I want everything you have for me. I want you to do it in me today. Amen. As they sing, come on this morning. Just receive from the Lord. Hallelujah. God this morning. I want you to go after his presence. It's the hunger in our hearts that draws him to us. Come on, just go after him today in your own way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. today for your power I thank you for the wells of living water hallelujah I pray today that with unrestraint God let the manifestation of the revelation of who you are be revealed in every hungry soul here today God you promised us if we would hunger you would fill us so today I pray for a baptism I pray for the river of God God to overcome and take us today take us with joy baptize us in your presence today let there be a revelation of who you are that will be greater and stronger than ever before in our lives God I pray for every revelation I pray for everything that has ever been spoken into the body of Christ God we say yes to it today we say yes to your will your way your wants and your desires and we declare today that the river of God will not only flow out of us but when we come corporately together that this river will overflow our city that will overflow our region let the river of God overtake our children our sons and our daughters let it take the workplace God let it be that which was let it be again as it was God in, in Smith Wiggles work time let Holy Spirit go to the workplace let Holy Spirit shut down the amusement parks God and let your presence capture once again the people that 
us see something that's greater than the manipulation of men. Let us see something that's greater than what man can do. But let us see the signs and the wonders and the miracles again. And Father, we say yes to you. Use us. Let us be a well. Let us be the rivers of living water going to where you desire for them to go. God, we give you praise for being able to be a part of this last day church. And we thank you that you're working in us now. Hi. 